I am Allison Lee, and you are listening to CraftCast. And on today's show, I'll be talking with Ms. Abby Kerr from abbykerrinc.com. She's a brand editor and digital copywriter, so lots of great information. Let's get started. Show number 176. Starting the day again, oh yeah. Letting the sun shine in, uh oh. I'm gonna dig within myself, uh oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. I'm back. I'm back here in front of the mic here in the recording studio for the podcast part of Craftcast. Oh, yes, it's been a, uh, a fabulous summer. I hope you all had a great summer. Uh, I've missed doing the podcast, though, I have to say. But we're back on a regular schedule here in the studio. Or I should say, I'm back on a regular studio here in the schedule, which is uh, the plans are to be doing two podcasts a month. Uh, as well as our weekly live classes. You don't want to miss those. So it's very exciting. And, uh, you know, I hate to say goodbye to summer, but for some reason this year, I've just been loving the feeling of fall. And uh, we have the whole Indian summer going on. I don't know where that term came from, but, you know, the, the feeling of really warm days uh, but still with a nip in the air, certainly at night and in the early morning, happens to be, I think, my favorite kind of weather. It's sort of su- Southern California weather all year round, basically. Uh, but I love it here right now. Uh, I even went off and went boot shopping, back to school fall fashion. I did some fall fashion shopping this year, so much fun. Went and got brand new fry boots. That was a throwback from <laughs> my teenage years. So much fun. They have lots of brass studs on them. They're very studded out. You know, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, And my son is leaving to go on tour. Uh, Off he goes. Uh, One of the leads in Anything Goes. So if you, uh, your local theater has the uh, national tour of Anything Goes, go see Mr. Eric Bergen in that. I'm sure it'll be a fun evening. Uh, and we had a great kickoff to the new Craftcast website. Check it out. Oh, and check out the commercial on there. I had so much fun making it uh, with my friend Frank. Uh, he, we came up with this idea actually last year to do a fun animated little commercial about what Craftcast was all about, and we finally got it done. So go check that out on the new Craftcast.com website. Uh, and. The big kickoff event was the More I Love Tools, of which 900 of you signed up. So I know there's lots of you who love tools as much as I do, tools to make stuff with. And you can you can actually see that uh, screencast, the screencast saving, you know, which is basically my desktop, uh, that it's on YouTube. So you can go to the Craftcast with Allison YouTube channel and watch that. Uh, I had on seven artists that showed so many fun things. I'm not kidding so many fun things you want to go check it out uh, I don't think any of the coupon codes will be good anymore but um, 
uh, still check out all the great tools that everyone showed. I think you'll love it. So that was great fun. And then we got off to a really great start. Hattie Sanderson, who's a just a wonderful um, teacher in the metal clay arena, started off the fall season with her class on uh, making domed rings out of sterling clay. It was an excellent class. And what I truly loved, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, is I think I could do it. <laughs> and that always gets me very excited when I finish the class with a teacher and I think, you know what? I could do it. I know that makes it a really good class then because I'm not, I don't have these skills. I'm just saying. Uh, and then this leads right into, I have a book to review. If you're into Metal Clay, you want to get her new ring book. It's published by... Uh, Bryn Morgan Press, Tim McCright's publishing company, and it's called Contemporary Metal Clay Rings by Hattie Sanderson. Uh, You can get the link over at craftcast.com, so don't worry about writing it down. And here's the thing. It's just inspiring, you know, whatever kind of jewelry making work you want to do. It's one of those kind of books. Yes, there's lots of projects, even though the one she taught uh, with Craftcast was just special for us, not in the book. Uh, But it's inspiring no matter what. That's what I love. She has other artists in there as well. It's a great book, beautifully designed. So check that out. You, you'll want to add that to your library of stuff. Uh, and then I wanted to tell you about all of you techies out there, because I know some of you are who are listening. Here's a software that I downloaded called Compressor. Oh, yes, Compressor. And I actually Frank told me about it because I wanted to get now all these screencast recordings up to YouTube. Well, you know, you got to, video files are huge and you got to save them in a smaller format. And this is where it gets very techy and you have to know the Kodak and beep, 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 beep. There's all kinds of stuff. But with this software, let's say you just want to upload a bunch of videos you shot of whatever you did, um, you know, something, family event, birthday party, wedding, anything that you want to upload from your video camera. All you do is when you have this um, software compressor, I think it's all and it's all in the app store and it's around, I think it's $49. You just drag um, your video file onto it and you say, I want this to upload to my YouTube channel and it'll save it correctly and then automatically upload it there. So you can do you know, I did a whole batch of them for different things and um, so much easier. I'm just telling you. So if you're into putting up your videos on YouTube and you want an easy way to do it, check that out, Compressor. Again, you can find the link over at Craftcast. Okay, favorite new tool. Totally different direction here. Favorite new tool. (laughs) Oh, women who love their tools. This is called the Propane Fat Boy Torch. Yes, I said it. Fat Boy Torch filled with propane. Uh, again, you can get it over. It's by Burnsomatic. You know that company, they make lots of torches. Uh, there's a link for it, again, on the website. I, I gave you the link to Home Depot because they usually have it. And here is why I love that torch. Okay, so I do have my um, acetylene torch that I use for my jewelry making and fine work. And I do have all the little handheld ones that are filled with, um, what's in there again? Uh, uh, not pro- Not what's in there. I can't remember now what's in there. Um Butane, butane torches, the little ones that you use for kitchen, they're kitchen torches, but you can use them for jewelry making as well. But this, this fat boy, okay, what's fabulous about this is it's because it's fat, you don't have to worry about it tipping over. So here's the setup, and I learned this, big shout out to uh, Mary Hetzmansberger, uh, when I 
took a class with her this summer. She puts it, put it on like a cookie sheet and then put your bowl of water for dipping in front of the torch. So it turns on and it, you hands-free. And it's hot enough to work with copper and brass. And it's just easy and fabulous. And even if you're afraid of a torch, I'm telling you, this lights easily. It is a fabulous thing. Check that out if you want to go get into working with copper, which is totally fabulous, and brass. And, oh, it's good for all kinds of fun stuff. It's called the Fat Boy Torch. Don't get the skinny one. Because the skinny one, uh, you know, it's unless you can have that somehow bolted down, I find it a little scary. The fat one sits there nicely. And you don't have to get MAP gas, M-A-P-P. That burns very hot, a little dirtier. You, the propane's great. So there you go. What can I tell you? can I tell you? Uh, I'm also excited. I'm a, well, I'll probably tell you about it in the next um, next podcast because I'm off to find this movie about Diana Vreeland called The I Must Travel. I'm hoping to get there this weekend. It opened up. Diana Vreeland, a wonderful style editor, 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, just to me, one of my um, heroes. So that's a movie coming out that comes to your neighborhood. I know it's going to be fabulous. Check it out. The I Must Travel, a documentary about Diana Vreeland. Um, I'm excited to go see it, then I'll talk about it. So there's all some new stuff. And so who am I talking to today? Today I'm talking to a woman, Abby Kerr from abbykerrinc.com. Um, we are both in a book that's out, and I can't believe I don't have that title. I think it's... Um, Oof, how to Make Everything hand, Handmade Business, I believe it's what it's called. Uh, again, you can check the Craftcast site for that. So I talked to her. She's really good and really smart. Just telling you all about branding yourself if you want to be selling online. All you indie creative entrepreneurs out there, you want to hear what she wants to say. So listen into that. That's coming up next. Uh, before I talk to Abby, though, uh, I have a piece of music I just love by Grace McLean. Just go buy her stuff. Go listen and buy her stuff. She's great. I'm playing a song next called Secret Song That I Love. So enjoy that. And come on back and I'll be chit-chatting with Ms. Abby Kerr. I have a secret. Too soon to tell him what it is. I have a secret. It's small enough to whisper it. I'm in love feels so good I'm in love and it feels so good it feels like honey rolling round in my mouth it feels like an opiate thoughts get caught I can't make them out but I know it's not over yet and well I know that God's in everything but sometimes he's in pain the only truth I know is change but for the moment Joy has scattered all my fears for the moment. There is laughter in my tears. I'm in love and it feels so good. I'm in love, I'm in love and it feels so good. Walking down the street, though I pound my feet, I'm light at heart. If it rains on me, it's no penalty. See, the clouds will part and I am soaring. 
high above the ground don't know how i'll get down there are no rules there's only patterns that are found like everything is made to be broken feel the things that cannot be spoken hear the one that speaks to your soul and in the silence the truth will make itself known i'm in love and it feels so good i'm in love i'm in love and it feels so good fills my blood like poison knocks me out and seeps right into my skin fills my blood like poison gives me chills when i'm just thinking of him i have a secret too big to let him know i have a secret it aches inside me so i'm in love and it feels so good i'm in love and it feels so good i dream of california i dream of amsterdam i dream of new york city i'll get back the when i can i dream of california i dream of amsterdam i dream of new york city where i'm singing in a band i dream of california i dream of amsterdam i dream of seeing you again when i'll make you my Well, I'm back again this week. I'm very excited to talk to someone. Uh, She has the information that so many of you ask about. And uh, today I'm talking to Abby Kerr from Abby Kerr Inc. Uh, She is a brand editor and digital copywriter for indie creative entrepreneurs who want to own their voices in the marketplace. Welcome, Abby. Thanks for coming on and chatting with me. Allison, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So first off, how do you get to that? What's the background here that you get to that point that you can make that statement? Ah, well, I started off um, with a pretty conventional, you know, college education um, background in English with a focus in creative writing. So I've always been really immersed in words and um, creating worlds through words. Um, mm, and then okay. <laughs> from there, I... Uh, worked in a in a licensed professional clinical counselor's office for about a year not doing counseling myself but kind of managing the office I was trying to figure out what do I want to do with my English degree exactly right so I think that helped to um, you know just just get a sense for maybe reading people reading situations um, from the outside because I wasn't in the office with the counselor but just kind of seeing the stories that came through my office and um, it was interesting. And uh, from there, went back and got a master's in teaching, um, focusing in English. And I taught high school English for four years. I taught in a traditional environment, a traditional classroom, as well as at a humanities program. It was a magnet school for intellectually curious high school juniors and seniors. And it was an integrated curriculum, textbook free, classroom free, wow. mobile campus. So, um, really grew as a teacher across those four years, felt the entrepreneurial spirit in me move and knew that it was the right timing in my life to act upon that and start my own business. So I uprooted my life, moved two hours back to my hometown, quit my comfortable teaching job and, uh, and opened a retail store all in the span of about five weeks. 
Um, I I know it was, it was one of those big intuitive lunges. Right. Right. That's a good word. I like that intuitive lunges. Okay, good. Yes. So had the retail store and got into, um, indie brick and mortar retail at a time when retail was just waking up to the possibilities of what could be done online with a brand. So blogger was the, was the uh, preeminent, um, you know, content management system at that point for people who wanted to blog. Right. I got on Blogger, um, and the store's reputation seemed to grow nationally and internationally even faster than it grew locally. So locally, we had a great brick and mortar presence, you know, gorgeous store, loyal customer base. But really, I feel like a lot of our brands juice, if you will, really came from blog readers who now, live why do you far think away. That? Why do you think that looking back now, why do you think that happened? I think it was, honestly, I think it was a matter of timing. I think that um, people were just starting to discover, this was back in 2005, early 2006, people were just realizing that they could bring a passion online and begin to translate it in a way that felt really... Um, alive and vital and viable to people who lived hundreds or thousands of miles away. And I was one of the first um, brick and mortar retailers, independent store owners, really doing that consistently and well. So I managed to make a name for myself that way. Um, We sold, you know, we sold internationally through our website as well as locally. Um, Through having the store, I discovered, boy, I love marketing. I love branding. I don't actually like retail. Um, so. Which part of that? Which part of that exactly? Because this is a, that's a common thing to hear. But what part of the retail were you like, uh? I didn't like uh, the hours and I didn't like mm. having to stand in one space mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. you know, five to seven days a week, most days of the year um, and be in front of people all of the time. I'm an introvert. I actually love people. I love making conversation, but it got to be, you know, it just felt kind of draining. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now tell everyone what your um, store was and, and, the, and the feeling you created for people shopping there. Yes, it was called The Blissful, and the tagline was French-inspired finds and furnishings. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a funky French farmhouse inspired store, um, very playful, not serious French, like no jacquard tablecloths, no sunflowers, no French poodles wearing berets. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the cliched sort of French that we see interpreted so often in American right. art. Right. Um, kind of earthy. It, it was, it was pretty cool. French shabby so. chic sort of. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Kind of anthropology-esque. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So from there, um, decided to close the shop after four years because I wanted a different lifestyle. I still wanted to be a business owner. Um, On the side, because of my blog, I had been doing consulting, business and marketing consulting for other indie retailers from around the country and also started to write copy for them. Um, They saw my writing skills through my blog and my own website. So when I decided to close my store, it was the perfect segue into – you know, what I had been doing part-time with indie retailers, I was able to parlay into a full-time business. So I became, you know, a branding, marketing, and copywriting specialist, first for retailers and creative businesses. And now, um, it's been uh, over two years since I made that switch. Now my client base is, you know, retailers, but also life coaches, yoga teachers, dog trainers, um, all that good stuff. And what do you think, do you think, I have a feeling I already know the answer to this question, but branding more important than ever? 
Branding is more important than ever. And yeah. And why do we, why do you say that? I agree with you, but I'm wondering your, your thoughts on that. Well, we hear so much about um, the ease of, like the low barrier to entry when it comes to bringing a business idea online or a creative passion online. And, you know, the web is saturated with people who are offering wares or offering, you know, coaching of some type or another. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you just, let's say you take the words from someone's website, you type them out on white paper in black font and you read them, offers may sound remarkably similar if you just look at the bare bones of what is being offered. Mm -hmm. So what makes the difference between just having a viable offer, which is the first step, to having a really compelling presence that draws people in and, and creates desire, you know, stirs up the desire that's already latent in them to work with you is totally about branding, visual brand identity as well as brand voice and the relationship that you want to have with your people that comes through all of those signals. It is very exciting. I love that part too. So I totally where you're coming from. There's, it's just a fun, interesting challenge. It is. And a challenge is a good word for it because it's, you know, you never stop iterating <laughs> ever. Right, right, right. Exactly. Now, where do you think people get stuck in trying to, I, I get, hear it very often, I'm trying to find my own voice and, you know, along those terms, where do you think people mostly get stuck? I think people, there's two places. Number one, they get stuck uh, looking at their competitors, mm. competitors, inspirations, and peers, and figuring that, hey, if it's working for this person, I can use this exact phrase or this exact word, and I will create the same loyalty in my audience or mm -hmm. the same mm -hmm. conversion on my, on my coaching program or whatever. Um, I don't think it's an intentional copycat thing for most people. I think it's more like we move through this space and we just absorb what we see around us and what we like and it comes out through what we're trying to create. And I think that's part of the process of, of learning who you are, you know, as a creative right. entrepreneur. Um, so I think I think too much absorption and mimicry of other voices. And then I also think um, people get stuck on getting too self-conscious about what they sound like to others. And I think when you're trying to figure out what is my voice, what is my most powerful, free, sustainable voice that works for me, I think it's a matter of what it feels like. And when it feels right in your body um, and in your mouth as you're feeling the words kind mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. you as typing, you know you're on the right track. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, as you were just saying that, I thought of a funny story when I was working in my in my other career life um, as a creative consultant, and I worked for two different clients, and one client wanted to copy, not knowing that I had worked for the other client, wanted to copy something that that client had done, thinking, well, if they're doing it, it's great success. Well, I had worked for that other client and knew it wasn't a success at all, huh. but because someone had thought it's out there, it must be successful and was going to jump on that bandwagon, <laughs> and I thought, hmm, that's not how it always works. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that there's like the little known secret of um, the online entrepreneurial world is just because it attracts a lot of attention and a lot of goodwill and social media shares does not mean it's converting well and does not Excellent mean that they have a profitable business. Excellent point. And I do think, especially when this all started out, I think we all got hung up in that because, well, I know when I started, PayPal didn't even exist. You couldn't even make money yet. So it was all geared by how many people were following you, how many people were clicking through to your website. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. You do not need, you know, even a thousand Twitter followers or a thousand people on an email list to have a profitable, um, full calendar in your business. You just don't. Because I think it's it's more about getting the right people to your site through yeah. sending a really well-edited suite of signals through all of your branding and your copywriting. Ooh, that's a good word. Sweet signals. I love that, Abby. That's really good. I remember oh, that one. Oh, that's very good. Well, now, what's your approach to social media or your advice to others for social media? And I, I'm saying this with that. I hear a lot of people who will say, oh, it takes so much time. What's it supposed to do for me? Mm-hmm. What's your response to that type of thing? Well, I think that um, it's so it's such an individual strategy. It depends on who you're serving or who you want to serve. For instance, some of my clients, it doesn't even make sense for them to be on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook because they're their right people, their ideal clients or customers are not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't waste time on a social media platform trying to sell to your people if your people aren't there. So know what is your best bet platform to use. You know, pick one or two, start there and see how that goes. Um, I think the most important way for a brand or a business to show up then on their chosen platforms is to have what they share there be an extension of what they're trying to teach or model or share through Mm. their brand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So many times I see entrepreneurs, um, it's almost like they forget that they are still representing their business when they're on Twitter or Facebook. And (laughs) yeah, and it's not that they're even, you know, posting about quote unquote inappropriate things. It's just that they're posting about things that people just don't really need to see. It's sort of like making noise, but it's not really helping people move forward toward their dreams and goals. Right. Which I think is, yeah. So don't be a noisemaker, but make sure that when you do share, it's, it's interesting lifestyle content that supports the dreams and goals that your target audience has that connects with the solutions that you provide. And then thirdly, I think social media is one of those things, you know, it's a recent invention, yeah. you know, 15 yeah, yeah. years ago, we weren't checking our phones constantly, checking Hootsuite. <laughs> so we're not really, we've evolved in this direction to have the capacity to have all these conversations at once, but it still doesn't always feel natural or feel good. So I advocate for online entrepreneurs figuring out um, the, the sanest way for them to use social media and be engaged in the conversation in, in the most minimal way too. You know, you don't have to tweet 50 times a day to make an impact, maybe three, you know. Um, So, yeah, figure out your social media sanity savers and and make yourself stick to them. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it's true. It's sanity savers at this point because there's a lot of pressure, um, you know, when your business is online. uh, There's a lot of pressure to be like, wait, wait, I have to say something. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. If I don't. Wait, they're going to forget I exist. Right, right. No, it, there's a lot of pressure that way. Now, do you have, I know I have tons of these, starting, you know, way back when all this began, a road that you went down that was definitely the wrong road? Like, what was your, what was a life learning lesson and something you did in all of this? Oh, that is such a good question. <laughs> is there you one know, thing that no pops one out? That. The what? No one has ever asked me that. <laughs> Well, because we, there's usually a great lesson in there, like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so here is, here are my two, if I may. Yes, please. 
Okay, one is more practical than the other. The first one is the practical lesson. Do not go into great amounts of debt to fund a business. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, yes, I opened my retail store and I don't really know any brick and mortar retailers who are able to open a store without debt. Um, especially the bigger the store, the more inventory you need. So you know, even though my business was profitable on paper, I still, I, you know, I'm still working to pay down a loan that I took out, you know, seven years ago to start the store. And the store has been closed now for four years, I think, three years. So that's no fun, you know, (laughs) but the store was part of, you know, it's part of, it's why I'm able to do what I do now. But for instance, my current business, I have taken no debt, zero debt. I don't even have a business credit card because I refuse to take on debt to build this business. Right. So that's my biggest piece of advice practically. And then a little bit less practically, more intangibly, there was a time in my business when I put a lot of trust and faith into a business coach um, that I worked with very closely over a couple of years. And um, it turned out that this person didn't really have the integrity that I, um, you know, there was a lack of integrity there and Mm -hmm. and eventually I parted ways. But you just have to learn to trust your gut. When you're getting um, advice and perspective from anyone, make sure you vet your mentors very carefully. Never buy in wholesale to someone else's, you know, blueprint for your business. You are your own best business advisor no matter what. Um, Trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very good advice. I also think if someone is selling you at in a way that this is the only way, that's sort of scary too, because there's a lot of paths. Oh, yeah. And there are a lot of different ways that you can go. So, you know, the other thing I was thinking about, how do you feel about, um, I know this has happened to me. I used to be an avid reader. I used to read for escape. I used to read fiction. And now today, and even, but writing has never been my thing. I've always been the visual. But what I noticed today is I don't think anyone can handle long bits of writing. It has to be like, I mean, is, is life all about bullet points at this point now for us? Hmm. That's a good question, too. Well, I think what we're talking about is um, finding the sweet spot between best practices for the web and how people naturally read and then who your right people actually are. So, That's a you good know, point. That's a very good point. Yeah, and it's going to look different for every brand. So in general... Um, best practices for web usability say that you do want to use short sentences, short paragraphs of one to three sentences, um, words that are that are a bit more basic. They say you want to aim your copy at a ninth grade level. I somewhat agree with that, and I somewhat don't. Again, depending on the audience, they say you know Google and search engines love bulleted lists, numbered lists bolded words, um, bigger headlines than body copy. And yes, all of that is true. I do that in my brand when it makes sense because I want my content to be as um, appealing to search engines as possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, there are different types of audiences. There are some audiences who are really thinker methodical people and they like a lot of detail and a lot of information. They can definitely handle a 2,000 word blog post once a week. That's the sort of reading they're looking to do on the web because they miss that really deep dive. And then there are other, um, you know, write people profiles that really don't read on the web at all. They skim. So yeah. video 
might be a better option for them. So it's, it's knowing best practices and abiding by them when it makes the most sense. And then also being hyper aware of your audience and what their needs are as consumers of content. Do you survey your audience to see? I do from time to time. Um, I have a good, I have a good feeling of who's out there and what they're wanting, but I'm one of those people who believes in actually um, profiling your right people from your imagination. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, defining who it is you want to work with, um, trusting that that person is out there, Mm -hmm. designing your brand for her or him. And then once you've launched something or once you've put something out there, then looking at the real world feedback to help you kind of like iterate and adjust and see if your assumptions are, are true. So who's your perfect client right now? Mm. My perfect client is someone who has had a business online for probably two to five years. So she has an active, established business. Um, she is very much a thinker, methodical person. She likes to see big picture, big picture strategy as well as all of the details. Um, she's somebody who needs to see, needs to feel a lot of integrity coming through a business, and needs to know that you know she's not being kept waiting in the wings. Um, she kind of wants to see it all on the table and know where the people she's doing business are coming from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she loves strategy. Mm. Um, she loves uh, systems. She's interested in implementing more of those in her business. Um, she's just a very thoughtful person who's interested in the why and how behind everything. Well, I think I love this person. Yeah, she's fun <laughs> for me to work with. I call her Nina. <laughs> Nina. Oh, I love it. Well, now tell people, because now I know everyone's listening is going, okay, that's me, that's me, that's me. What does Abby <laughs> do for me? So tell, tell people what you offer and different ways that you work with um, possibilities. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So I write copy for um, entrepreneurs' websites. So let's say you are a life coach. Let's say you're a marketing consultant. Let's say you sell soy candles. And you need the words for your homepage, your about page, your work with me page, your sales pages. I write that. I work with you on a really deep level um, to help figure out what does your most powerful brand voice sound like. And it better be a voice that you can sustain when you're writing your own blog posts Mm -hmm. or when you're on social media. So we develop that together. And then I write the copy and I make sure it's going to look relevant to search engines as well. And um, I can help you with content strategy, meaning what do you blog about on an ongoing basis that isn't a waste of your time every week, but that it actually plays into helping your people make decisions um, in the context of your brand. Um, Talk about voice on social media. Um, And, you know, I'm not exactly sure when this interview will go live, Allison, but I've already shared with you, my business and brand is in a big transition. I'm moving out of a freelancer model and into more of an agency model. I'm going to be partnering more intentionally with other writers, having a team of writers, so I'm not the only one writing for clients. Right. Um, I have a collaborative business partner, and we've been working behind the scenes on a really cool... um, a a really cool service that helps people deeply profile their right person and then figure out a content strategy and a conversion path for that person that speaks to them right where they're at. And um, 
I offer voice profiles. So I will look at your brand, read your content on your site, and then give you a really nuanced translation of how you're showing up, how you sound stylistically, what we'll never see you doing, um, things to continue to do to maintain this voice in its strongest light. So yeah, everything having to do with voice, content, copy, all that stuff. I love it. Great. Very exciting. Now, who are you reading right now? Like who in your, in the business domain and all of this, is there a, an author that you love to read or a book you would recommend? Hmm. What am I reading right now? You know what? I have, I have not been reading business books lately. I've kind of taken this summer to read more fiction, mm. but as far as reading on the web, um, I have been reading Mark Silver from Heart of Business quite a bit. Hmm. All right. I'm going to put that up there for everyone. Mark Silver, you think he's good, huh? I do, yeah. He's just got such a a tender human approach to marketing. Um, it's very it's very soft. Some might even say woo woo, but I just think it's <laughs> kind, kind, human, respectful, deeply respectful to his audience. Um, Don't you think that's what everyone wants, though? I mean, is here we are doing something online to millions, and yet what we're searching for is a one on one relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. So it sort of has to go down the path of that. I mean, you know, I always think that the biggest uh, goal, uh, accomplishment to get to in your website is everything you said, but how you make the interface disappear so people feel in relationship with you. Oh, that's a really good way of thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think that's the goal at the end of all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel like you didn't just spend time on a website, you spent time with a person. Right, right. Yeah, You're in I like relationship. that. Yeah, me too. I like that. Well, I knew I'd like talking to you. <laughs> it's been a joy to talk to you. So many fun things we've all learned. So thank you very much for that. And I just want to say to everyone again, Abby Kurt, check out her site, Abby Kurt, Inc., I-N-K. Come over to the craftcast.com site. You can get the links for the things we talked about and all kinds of stuff like that. So Ms. Abby Kurt, thank you so much for coming on and chatting. Thank you, Allison. It was a joy. So I hope you all enjoyed that. I know I had a great time talking with Abby. Um, we're thinking of putting putting something together ourselves uh, the beginning of 2013. So, oh, yes, you never know what's going to happen there. Thank you so much, Abby, for your time. Okay, so, 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 uh, the entertaining thought section of the show, the ET place in the show where I like to share what's going on little bit of maybe sometimes the woo woo or some thoughts. So I thought how appropriate what I learned this summer. Mm -hmm. So here's what I learned this summer, that if you don't plan your goals, they only stay as thoughts without any actions. They just don't occur. Even the fun stuff has to have a plan. And that worked for me this summer. I had so many ideas. I wanted to take a class. I wanted to visit some family. Uh, I had a few things that I really wanted to do. And normally my old style might have been to just keep them in my head and never get it done. Done and organized into my appointment book when I was going to organize all of that, you know, make the payment, call up, make the plans, make the hotel room. Uh, So I'm sure a lot of you out there are already really good at that. But you know what? I'm not. And it just really uh, impressed on me again, even if it's in business, 
or for fun, that you got to put that into your agenda when you're going to work on organizing all of that and make it happen. Otherwise, the time just goes by and none of the good plans ever happen. So there you go. That's what one of the big things I learned this summer, that you have to take action on your thoughts. Otherwise, they just stay in your head. (laughs) Some of them should stay in your head, just saying, but a bunch of the other ones should actually uh, occur. So there you go. There it is. First show of the fall here at craftcast.com. It's always great to hear from all of you. Uh, come on over to www.craftcast.com where you can uh, check out all the other podcasts. There's so many wonderful recordings of people I've talked to. There's lots of classes to uh, sign up live, uh, purchase the downloads, come see the new commercial, come check it all out. You can leave me a message there, always at allison at craftcast.com. You can also call me at 877-819-1859. You'll find that number in the contact page. So, oh, once again, you know what I have to say, because it's really my life's mantra. Get your butt in the chair and keep crafting. Just get yourself right.